Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. All right. <laughs> Twip from Marshfield doesn't quite have the same ring. No. <laughs> Hello and welcome. This week in production... Twip is on the road. I'm joined with my frequent guest and friend, Mr. Lou Lita, at the headquarters of DVNC. Not to be confused with DVNC, but yes, you're here. That's true. Welcome to Marshfield. There, there might be some DVNC <laughs> somewhere. Well, there is tequila, so anything's possible. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, we're sipping some uh, Don Julio Anejo tonight. Cheers. Cheers to you. This Week in Production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908-451-6760. Thanks. As I was driving up here today in the, uh, the four-and-a-half-hour car ride, I was listening to a podcast about a, uh, a YouTuber who's very successful and it got me thinking about you know our sort of we're we're considered old media now veterans veterans but it did get me thinking about you know when i started and i it brought me to this point where like what advice would i give myself today to you know the 20 something year old art just coming out of school like what would be the advice and i posed that question to you lou you did and do you have a response well you know you can't go back and do it again but i would say i i sort of built my business around myself on my own brand um i'm still going 36 years later after i've graduated college and I would say I would have thought a little, maybe th thought a little bigger, like try not to do everything myself and not made it all about me. But at the time, that's all I knew. Like I was raised to work hard, shoot, edit, build my business, you know, put in a good day's work, make a nice day's pay and just work that way. Now, I never had intentions when I was young to start my own business, but you know, a number of things happened and suddenly I'm starting my own business, but I didn't go to business school. I was a film major at Boston University and I always wanted to shoot and edit video. So that's was my upbringing. So I, part of me doesn't want to beat myself up because that was my path. But I guess I would say maybe learn to delegate a little bit more, learn to not make it all about me and sort of do what I'm good at and delegate to others what they're good at and grow a business. Because a friend of mine once told me, you don't really start making money until you stop doing what you do on a daily basis. Like the carpet, the guy that lays carpet doesn't start making money until he stops laying carpet. You know what I'm saying? It, would that be a carpet bagger? <laughs> does, that, does that guy make any money? <laughs> that's a whole different story. <laughs> but you know, there's only one of me. So there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so much I can do. But if I could 
replicate me or manage a number of me's, then maybe I could grow a bigger business. But I also, somewhere along the line, met a business guy that said, bigger business, bigger headaches. And I never really wanted to manage people. I wanted to just be creative guy that was good at what he did and enjoyed what he did. So I sort of accepted that. I mean, I didn't really realize what I was doing until you look back on it and went, did I grow a business or was I just a glorified freelancer? I didn't ask the question from the standpoint of like, you know, do you have any regrets? Because, you know, I don't really have any regrets about any decisions that I made in my journey. And I don't think that's a healthy way to, you know, look at things, you know, with regret. But the, the question really for me was like, okay, was there a point in my, you know, early career that I maybe, and for me, I think the, the advice that I would give myself as a young art I would say, don't give up so quickly on your your dream. Like for me, I always, and I don't know why, I always wanted to work an Olympics broadcast, be part of a network team that did the Olympics. And I tried, you know, in my 20s really hard to get onto an Olympics. I had no, no basis to be on an Olympic broadcast team as an editor or, or a videographer. I mean, I had no career at that point, but I wanted to do it. And I, I sort of gave that up when I started, you know, getting busy and doing other things. But I think that would be probably the only advice I would say is don't give up so quickly on the things that you really want to do. And I mean that maybe specifically because I knew I wanted to be in TV like you had mentioned, mm -hmm. and I did that. And I don't ever feel like I'm going to work a day in my whole life because I love what I do, even at whatever level I'm doing it at. Maybe being part of that Olympic, if I had done that, if I had pursued it harder, didn't give up on it so quickly, you know, maybe that would have changed my path. Maybe I would have had more network television, you know, in my future. And again, I don't know if that would have been good or bad, but that would be the one thing that I would tell myself is just keep pushing for what you really want. Well, I also, I have a favorite line, you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, you might have done that, but it may not have gone the way you you wanted it to go. Like I, when I was in high school, I thought I wanted to be in broadcast and sports. Like I was a huge sports guy. I, I imagined myself being in a big production truck and running a switcher and uh, an ADO or DVE at the time. Um, cause that's all I knew at the time. Cause I didn't know to think any bigger than that. Cause that's what I saw. That's what I th saw as an opportunity. I went into college thinking I wanted to be in broadcast television. And then I met my friends that, you know, were filmmakers or had shot super eight. And I'm like, Oh, this is a style that I never knew about. And I kind of like this. So all of a sudden my path changed a little bit. Not that I like, oh, I want to be a filmmaker, but I didn't necessarily feel like being in a production truck was the answer. So I, there's a case I didn't know what I didn't know until it was exposed to me. That is very true. And I think many people don't know what they really want. And I do, I encourage people to experiment and, and try different things, especially when you're young and there's no 
damage in maybe going down a path and retreating if it doesn't work out the way you thought. And I, too, also had that sort of early uh, love of doing remote sports. I worked a couple of games of the uh, the Army at West Point that was covered by national broadcasters. I was just, you know, either a PA or a audio A3 or something, you know, meaningless in the scope of things. But there was a fantasy about that lifestyle, like being on the road. Yeah, you were part doing of a bigger all exciting, team. All those exciting jobs. And, and here, you know, fast forward 40-something years, and I am on the road a lot now <laughs> doing, you know, sports to some degree. I mean, we're doing golf. And, you know, it worked out very well. But early on, it seemed like, oh, that would be a really great career path. But that was your perspective when you were, yes. what, 18, 20 years old. You, you didn't have anything else to go by. That's true. So, you know, I, it's, I've always said when I speak to younger people or like my friend teaches a college course, you know, the possibilities of maybe, you know, the possibilities of saying yes, you don't know where it's going to go. So, you know, why limit yourself when you're young? Say yes to everything and maybe it. You, you take a detour that you hadn't imagined. Was there, can you look back at that early Lulita, you know, um, days, the early days of your career? Like, do you see a point, was there a fork in the road? I was always a video production guy. I love to shoot, love to edit, and I was unwavering in my belief that's what I need to do. Like, and I remember a woman I worked with who's passed away many years ago. She said, if you are a stock, I would invest in you. You should buy a business. You should start your own business. And it, it planted a seed like, really? But what about like benefits and like paid days off? And what if I ever get married and have a kids? Like, like, I don't know anything about business. I didn't go to business school. I went to film school. So it never was in my th my thinking that, I could do something like that. So, but it planted enough of a seed where when the opportunity rose, like maybe I can do this. So, you know, went from working for a company to freelancing to I'm going to be a business and I'm going to start operating like a business again, just dove into it. I don't like, I didn't know how to do spreadsheets. I didn't know how to project, you know, I just, I figured if you made more than you spent, you were a business. Can you ever say, you know, I almost did this, and if I had, like, do you think back and say, if I had done that, I wouldn't be here today? There was an opportunity for me to go to a TV station in Hollywood, Florida, just a little bit north of Miami, and it was to work for a TV station down there, and I, it was a, I always wanted to be go to a warmer weather climate and I like the idea of being down there but I didn't do it I ended up taking another job in Boston in a similar capacity but I was in the union and I felt sort of pigeonholed and I just I felt very restricted and I just felt like this is not the life for me and you know the same thing probably would have happened if I had gone down there but the, I ended up leaving that job and that then opened up the door to freelance and then being independent and then realizing I think I can do this on my own. 
I, I do remember there were a couple of times where I chose one fork over another. And I think if I ever had gone the original intention, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Not for the good or, or better or worse, but just different. Like when I was out of school from NYU, everyone always said, well, unless you know someone in the union, you're not going to get a job in New York. Like you just, you don't start in New York. You have to start and work your way up. Mm -hmm. And I had applied in the, I don't know if you remember the TV broadcast weekly from Crane's New York business, but it was a, uh, a weekly TV broadcast focused, um, you know, newspaper, if you will. It was glossy. So it was a little better than newsprint, but they had jobs every week. And, I would send my three quarter inch demo reels all over oh, the yeah. country. Oh yeah, and I almost—I was very close one time to taking a job in Eureka, California, market like you know one fifty. Oh yeah, that was like like it just barely made the top. Yeah, top. It, but uh, it was it was a position scale. for a promo producer, and I thought it would be the greatest thing in the world. And I I sent my resume. And they, they looked at me and said, you really want to take this job? And I thought about it and I you know ultimately declined it. But if I had gone that route, I might not have ever worked for myself the way I am working now. It's funny you say that. You just triggered a memory. I had something very similar. I There was a company, it still exists in Boston, called National Productions. And they were a big production house in Boston and they they were looking for an online editor and as I said I always love to shoot I love to edit I didn't really have a preference one or the other and I applied for the job and the guy offered me the job but he said I, I'm gonna give you this job but I don't want you to take it I'm like but why it's like it paid very well this is probably like 1990 91 and I'm like this is it I get to work with all these big you know, Grass Valley switchers and ADOs. And um, I forgot what the big editing system was at the time, but you know, I was going to work in a big production house. He's like, you don't want this job. I'll offer it to you, but you don't want it because you're the kind of guy that has a bigger view of the world and you want to do more than just be an editor. This is going to lock you in. And I, it hit me. It's like, this guy's giving me good advice, and I didn't take it. And had I, maybe I would have been a full-time editor and not had my own business. I, d I do remember another point in my early career where I was freelancing, but for some reason I was under the impression I needed to have a steady job, like a nine-to-five job. Not sure why, but I, I was under that impression. Mm. Well, it's and probably the way we were raised or... That's the way it was in the time. I, I suppose, but I remember I applied for a job at Prudential Insurance, and they had a big production facility in New Jersey, and they were looking for like someone who could shoot and edit, and it was right up my alley. And I remember going in for the interview, and the person who was uh, interviewing me was would be my supervisor, and... I left the interview realizing I knew way more than they did. And they realized 
that I knew way more than they did, and they basically didn't offer me the job. <laughs> You'd make them look bad. But had I taken that job, that may have also altered my course. And I'm not saying I made the right decisions or not. These are just decisions that I made. Right. Or it just ha- happenstance that it worked out this way. And, and I don't, again, don't look at it like, oh, I regret that decision because I don't really regret any decision I've made about anything. Um, but you think about things that could have been or paths that you may have taken and, okay, we're here. And, you know, I think it all worked out pretty well. I agree. And I, I try, I'm with you. I don't look back and with regret about anything. I wouldn't be here today if I had made one left turn or right turn. So again, you can, you could play this out any number of ways, but I feel like, you know, we had a sort of a, a, a course that was set for us and we followed it. And, and to bring it back full circle, so I was listening to this podcast about this, this YouTuber, um, Mr. Beast, and he was basically saying that the people who he is hiring to produce his content can't be from old media. And we're old media. Yes, and, we and, are. And apparently we bring baggage about the YouTube generation, about how it's not quite broadcast and it's lacking quality and things like that. But this very successful half-billion-dollar-valued YouTube content creator is saying, basically, people from old, old media look down on me and don't see the vision, and I'm making all this money and all the success, and I have more viewers on a weekly basis than network television but there's no respect there, and he needs to hire people who have no experience. He'd rather train them from the basics in his way than trying to deal with the baggage from people like us. Right. Who wants to deal with someone with an attitude that's like, oh, you know, when we used to do it, we used to do it this way or this way? Well, again, we all offer something, but if you're so rigid in your beliefs, like it's just going to be a confrontational. So who wants confrontation? Now, do you feel like I, I used to teach college level uh, intro to video editing, and I, I haven't done that for many, many years. So I'm not quite in touch with, you know, the young people coming out of school these days. But do you feel like there's a disconnect between where you are and the young professionals you know coming through the business now well it's funny you say that because recently i spoke at my friend's class at a, a production class at a community college outside of boston and you know i've done as i've probably mentioned on this podcast many times hundreds thousands of tv commercials and i remember i was talking about some of my commercials and showing them some samples and telling them a little behind the story behind the scenes story of each production and someone raised a hand and said who watches commercials and that sort of hit me like this 22 year old does not watch television they watch streaming services they watch you know whatever um, you know commercials are called pre-roll now right pre-roll but you know it was foreign to them but that was the audience i was speaking to so if he spoke to a 55 or 60 year old person they're still maybe watching broadcast television commercials are part of their life but 
it got me thinking, do I want to rebrand myself? Do I want to say I make commercials or do I produce, you know, sponsored content? So it's kind of interesting, you know, when you're catering to a lot of different markets. But I've also had a couple of uh, guys recently that are young and trying to get their, their, make their way in this business. And they asked me how to build their business or, you know, they were familiar with my work and they wanted to learn from me. So it's, there's a little bit of, you know, on each side there, like it's kind of flattering, like somebody wants to learn from me, but you know, do I want to give everybody my trade secrets so they become my competitor and put me out of work? Or is it sort of paying it forward? Because I mean, I learned a lot from people that were older than me when I started. So, you know, I'm happy to teach people and I'm, I want to work with people that bring different skills to, to the workplace. In, in that vein, you know, going back to that, you know, college education and then the on the job training that we all sort of learn from. Like, I look back when I was in school and I really never paid much attention to business. I didn't really have the business skills now looking back that I wish I had in those early days. Like I didn't pay attention. I go, no, no, video. And I had a light and I had to edit and I had to shoot, <laughs> do audio. I had no business skills. Didn't really know about spreadsheets and forecasting and, you know, God forbid saving money and <laughs> things like that. But that's probably something going forward now. Like I look back and say, oh, yes, I wish I would have learned more about the business side of things or maybe even some basic contract <laughs> legalese type things that would probably have helped me in those early days. Totally agree. Totally agree. I remember friends of mine that were in in business school or they were in sales and they would mock me. They're like, oh, you're just a video guy. You don't have any clue. Without sales, you wouldn't even have business. And I would say, well, without creative technical people, you would have nothing to sell. So, you know, I was very rigid in my beliefs. But this is, I guess, an, uh, you know, a, uh, an argument for being open and willing to grow and understand the, the business and the marketplace. So, yes, I, I did take marketing classes, but I knew nothing about business and analysis and projections and spreadsheets. And I don't even know if spreadsheets was a, a word in the mid-80s. But, yeah, I, I this is what I had fear about when starting my own business. I don't know how to run a business. You know, I knew how to shoot video. I knew how to edit video. I knew how to be creative and technical. But that's a whole different thing. So kind of you know, learned under, the, uh, you know, trial by fire, I guess. I I did at some point in my early businesses realize very quickly that even though you may be the best videographer, cinematographer, the best editor, the best whatever, if you can't sell your services at the even the basic level, you don't have a business. And I, I lacked, I just felt like, well, people will look at my work and that will sell itself. Right. But that's not the case at all. And you do need to have, even at a small level, some ability to sell yourself, sell your services, and not be 
shy about it. And I think most of the early businesses that I had put together failed mainly because we didn't have enough sales. And if I could go back and sort of add to my knowledge base, it would lear be learning more about the sales cycle and how to sell and how to do business development because that probably would have propelled me forward much quicker. Well, it's as someone said to me once, it's not so much what it costs, but what's it worth? Like if someone came to you and they had failed trying to find someone to, you know, make a video or create something that they wanted, you know, but you had the answer. What's, what's the value? What's the worth to that? You know, I mean, it's like someone equated it to a guy that was trying to fix his BMW and he went from place to place and they couldn't fix it. And then one guy, Oh, I know how to fix that. And it took him two minutes. So, the guy that took two minutes, was it worth like 10 bucks, thousand bucks? Like if he had gone to that guy in the first place, it would have saved him all the aggravation. So is it the time or is it the fact that he found the guy that knew how to fix this guy's issue? You know, and that, that's always the issue. Like you bring something to the table. I bring something to the table. We all bring something to the table. But if, if you don't have something that somebody wants, then you're worth nothing. But if somebody really needs what you have, you're worth a lot of money. Very true. The The guy who could figure out how to inflate the tires on my transit van would make a lot of money from me right now. <laughs> right? Like if, if it is a real problem for you, you're willing to pay a premium for it because you can't move forward in your life or your business without that person. So it, I've always find that fascinating. You know, you can go get a nice steak Ponderosa for seven ninety nine, or we could go to a Capitol Grill and spend seventy nine dollars on a. You're going to have to explain the Ponderosa reference. I know. To the audience. Sorry for the audience. That's uh, Ponderosa Bonanza. Um, that's beef, old beefsteak Charlie's. Beefsteak Charlie's. That's old school steak, very low end, but you know you got a lot for your money. The ground round. In the end, you're always full, but some people are willing to spend three hundred dollars for a meal. Some people want to. Five ninety nine meal. That's true. So to to summarize, <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about this, anymore. To summarize this, if there was one component of knowledge you wish you had, would you say it would be? I guess it would be don't sell yourself short. It's like nobody really knows what they're worth until they realize what they're worth. You know and. It's sometimes we, it's like, well, this is just what I do. So I don't know, like, I don't know, that's a big deal. But I guess you have to always be looking at where you are in the business marketplace and don't sell yourself short. I would say that you have to be willing to do all of the work, even the work that you don't enjoy, whether that's bookkeeping or sales or whatever, if you want to be independent in this in this business you have to do all of the work all of the hats even though you may not enjoy them and that was something i shied away from did not enjoy sales did not enjoy the uh the schmoozing or the you know 
network development. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, which was shoot and edit. Right, I agree. And if you, if I could, you know, impart some knowledge on anyone getting into it, I would say, you know, you have to be willing to do all of those things to make a business work. Otherwise, it you will fail. Well, Lolita, I will raise my glass to you. Say thank you for uh, participating in this week in production. It's a pleasure. Thanks to be. Uh, thanks for being here on the home home turf. Home turf for you. And uh, next time we will uh, be maybe on a golf course again. I would hope so. <laughs> all right. For this week in production. I'm Art Aldridge. See you next time. Bye-bye.